What is happening, guys? It is Wednesday. It's still very hot, of course. It's going to be hot for like the next year, whatever. But uh, welcome to Film Junkie Live. How's everybody been doing today? It's Wednesday. It's hump day. It's uh, July 19th. Hopefully you guys are doing good. And make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell. Yeah, don't you? Okay, sorry. I got the, yeah, the games on in the background. Of course, anytime the Giants are visiting the east coast the games are on earlier what could i say guys so I, i'll try not to get too distracted i swear but anyways guys you can, hopefully you guys are doing good hopefully you guys had a good couple of days let's talk some movies huh we're gonna be talking about that aquaman 2 report from uh the hollywood reporter and uh the problem <laughs> they're having which of course i've been talking about forever it feels like and then, of course, we're going to talk about those new images of uh, Batfleck from um, the Flash, the behind-the-scenes in that post-credit scene that we were supposed to get. And then we're going to talk about the reviews of these to Barbenheimer, guys. Barbenheimer. So we're going to be talking to see what's going on with uh, the critics and the box office projections for that. So, all right, we got Donovan right here. Why not just can it? All right. I think you meant why not just can it? I, at first, when I read that, it kind of tripped me out. I was like, why not just can it? <laughs> so see how I read it? Like, just can it? I put a question mark at the end for some reason. But I get what you're saying. Like, put it in the can. They're not going to do that. Too expensive. Way too expensive. Let's see. We got Nathan right here. James Gunn and friends have micromanaged the fuck out of this. Removed all bat flex scenes and added extra large cheese to the dish. Hell with this DCU. Well, there you go. Look what uh, Nathan had to say. I don't know about micromanage. I think uh, I think all they're basically doing is like, yeah, what the old regime was uh, wanting to do, we're not doing that. And it's kind of funny because there's something that uh, that I've noticed when it comes to what's happening, what or what happened with the Flash, at least when it came to these these cut scenes and how some of the you know the fandom is reacting to it. So. It's kind of interesting. Uh, what's going on, Lawrence Fury, Blue Beetle Battalion? What up? I got one thing to say. The Flash movie was going to flop anyways, even if ba Ben Affleck was saying, was saying Batman or staying as Batman. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think it was going to flop just because of the Michael Keaton aspect of it, but okay. Patrick, hi, Dave. I watched uh, on replay. James Gunn and Peter have plan. I go. Okay. All right, Patrick. James, hello Dave, how's it going? It's going pretty good, not too bad. Abram, I have I have not seen Sound of Freedom yet. Hopefully one of these days I will. Did I freeze? Uh-oh. Did I freeze? Uh-oh, did I freeze? I'm not, oh crap, what the heck? No, 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 no. Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. All right, let's see, am I good? Frozen, uh-oh. All right, hopefully it's... Come on, you could do it. All right, hold on. What's going on? Let it well, let it catch up. Don't know what's going on. There we go. Are we good? All right, I think we're good now. Uh-oh. little glitch in the matrix right there, but I think we're all right. 
Yeah, we're good now. All right, we're good. Sorry, a little glitch. Probably shouldn't be streaming the game in the background while I'm while I'm streaming. You know, multitask, right? Anyways, continuing on. All right, we got Mr. Nobody right here. All right, Mr. Nobody is saying, okay, just making sure. Happy hump day, of course. Let's get nuts. We got Mama Film Junkie here. Always great to see you, Mom. Always great to see you. What's going on, Mr. Fear Jason? Always good to see you too, buddy. All right, let's see what else we got. We also got Miss Nighthawk here as well. That's right, She's, we're seeing Oppenheimer tomorrow, baby. That's right, on a big, huge screen. Can't wait. Hope everybody's having a good Wednesday. Yes, Mind of Inception, good to see you. Eric Patterson is here as well. We got Stephanie T. We got Droga right here, Mr. Axel. Good to see you, buddy. What's going on, RJ? And then we got Chino as well. Hmm. Who else we got? Who? Hey, look at this. Yo, what is happening, Mr. Enosh? Man, you gotta you gotta, you gotta make your way back to the to the stream here, bud. Just saying, miss ya. But hopefully everything's doing good for ya. All right, good to see you, of course. And then we got Punk Loser Alcoholic. I'm being honest. I don't think Jason Momoa is a good Aquaman. All right. I think I think he was a great Aquaman, to be honest. What's going on, Cortez? All right, I'm good now. Yes, I'm good now. It was, yeah, bad for a little bit there. It happens. It happens. Whoops. Nick Cage dodged a bullet by the by that Superman film not being released. It looks awful on every level. See, the problem with William, he doesn't think outside the box. It's like, I'm not saying that it's going, it was going to be the best Superman ever, but it was going to be the most unique and iconic Superman ever. It was probably going to be a pleasurable disaster. That's the thing. That's why I still want to see something, animated film or comic book run with his Superman involved. Just saying. I think, uh, you know, I'm not taking the whole, like, it would have been just, you know, awful on every level you know go extreme like everything would have sucked about it no don't do that hyperbole thing william no i think there would have been some things you would have actually enjoyed with it to be honest so but that's just my opinion but hopefully maybe they'll do something when it comes to this who knows and also got Rhea here Rhea, not Rhea. i said Rhea. Rhea. what's going on Rhea? yeah do what she says smash that like thumbs up Always good to see you, too. All right. So let's talk about some things here. Let's go to the tweets. Got the tweets going. Hopefully you guys are having a good Wednesday. My Wednesday consisted of thinking it was Thursday all day. Don't you hate it when that happens? When, you know, it's the day before the day that you feel that it is. All day I kept going, it's Thursday, right? I, I just kept on, you know, I was tripping out. Luckily I got, you know, when it came to daytime work, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad when it when it came to daytime work. So, but yeah, it was tripping balls all day today when it came to what day it was. And I was thinking I was going to the movies today as opposed to doing a stream. But here we are. We're good, folks. We're good. All right, let's go ahead and uh, make our way to the tweets right now. All right. <laughs> I mean, this is what I'm talking about. Again, it's like this is funny because you know everybody flocked over to Threads. It was going to be the Twitter killer. You know how that whole thing is. 
uh, every time there's an alternative, you know, and everybody thinks that Twitter is dying. And then, and then when you're on threads, apparently they're implementing the whole rate limits thing that everybody was complaining about weeks ago on Twitter because of bots. I mean, that's the thing. It's like everything that, I mean, things that are happening with Twitter. Yeah. Okay. I get it. People get upset and people don't agree with everything that Elon Musk does. I totally understand that. But at the same time, it's like, there is, there is an effort happening with him and his crew to try to improve the Twitter experience, regardless of how you feel about the guy. And now other social media, it's almost like the same thing when everybody was going, Jesus Christ, Warner Brothers Discovery and David Zaslav, look what they're doing. They're freaking writing off movies and they're removing shit. And then all of a sudden the rest of the, of the companies started doing the same thing. It's like, it's not just one person or one service that is in that is in peril here they're all fucked up they're all fucked up so but it's funny because the user engagement for threads went it took a freaking free fall man took a free fall <sighs> jeez but now twitter is never going away that's for damn sure twitter is never going away but then there's stuff like this then there's stuff like this when it comes to ai so AI is not all bad, but look at this right here. So this uh, bullet space right here is introducing something called off local host when it comes to basically changing translating. So if you were to take like, like this stream right here, if I wanted to translate it into another language, you could do this with this software. So this is in Mandarin right here. Took this podcast with Zuckerberg and Friedman right here. To the point where it even looks like their mouths are moving that way. I mean, this is where people are actually utilizing the technology for good. Okay? They're not trying to take over the world or put people out of jobs or anything like that. But this guy right here, this is what I'm talking about when it comes to AI. Translating. That, that's pretty sweet stuff right there. I've even thought about that. It'd be cool to like, hey, maybe I should do one, you know, you know in Spanish or whatever the heck. So just pretty sweet. All right. Mark Ruffalo urges actors to jump into indie film. Exit the empire of billionaires at studios. I agree. I absolutely agree with you, Mark Ruffalo. And I've said this too, like independent films, because they're going to be able to still film. They're going to be able to still do their projects. Those productions don't stop because they're not part of this big, huge conglomerate that is the billionaires at the studio. But you are a Marvel actor, Mark Ruffalo. Is your contract up? I don't think so. So maybe just I mean, did he tear up his contract? Is he no longer going to be Bruce Banner? No, no more Hulk? Because... If you're saying this and then showing up to the picket line, and it's kind of funny, guys. I saw, I saw an image of Mark Ruffalo in the picket line, and he was wearing his best, I'm a normal guy, I even look kind of like a bum clothing. It was kind of funny because you never, you know, let's face it, some of these actors, they posture, they try to pat themselves on the back. And when I saw Mark Ruffalo on the picket line and he was wearing his best, like, I'm just kind of like a lazy bum like you guys, clothing it was kind of interesting but i'm like all right guys but but yeah 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 what stephanie just said in the chat sit this one out when you have when you signed a big huge marvel contract for multiple you know for that for one of the big companies the biggest studio really 
it's kind of hard to take you seriously. And if you show up in more Marvel projects after this, you're going to even look more like a hypocrite. So Mark Ruffalo, shut the fuck up! There you go. That's all. You wouldn't like him if he spoke. I don't like him when he speaks. I would actually like him more if he just shut up. <laughs> That's all. Okay. Ah, Mr. Axel Droga, I like this right here. I can even see him as even maybe even playing a Jonathan Kent, but I was liking some of your uh, your picks right here when it came to Superman Legacy and keeping the legacy. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, and I who knows? I mean, again, I, you know, again, when it comes to James Gunn, who knows what he's thinking? But if you're actually going to be doing if you're going to be making a movie called Superman Legacy, well, represent the legacy utilize the guys who have voiced or played Superman throughout your movie and in your world. Why not? If it's Superman legacy, capture that legacy. And John Daly as Perry White, that would be pretty interesting. I could even see him as Jonathan too, but yeah. But yeah, I was digging some of this. You got Jerry O'Connell as Pa Kent. I don't know about that. That one, because it's just, I don't know. I don't see him as a Pa Kent. I actually see Tim Daly more as a Pa Kent, but hey. And then even got Tom Whaling as uh, Jarrell. Kind of like that, but just representing the legacy of Superman right there. So, yeah, pretty interesting. And then, yes, guys, um, yesterday, was it yesterday? The, uh, it was the 15th anniversary. 15th anniversary for The Dark Knight, which, of course, is an iconic movie, especially in the superhero spectrum, um, in the genre. It's uh, it's one of the best. It's what people look to. Um, is it my full-on favorite superhero movie? Sometimes, depending on how I feel. But I remember, I remember 15 years ago. I remember where I was living. I was living with one of my uh, my my best buds. We were living in this one apartment. I had this cool little back room that had a sliding door that went out to the backyard, which was absolutely great. And I remember, I remember watching this teaser trailer for the dark knight and we got our we we got to hear heath ledger's joker voice and his laugh for the first time and it sent chills it sent chills i mean this is what a teaser is all about when they did all this starting tonight see and then that's when we first heard heath ledger as joker starting tonight people will die i'm a man of my word (laughs) Ooh. So good. So good. God, sending chills down the spine right there. I tell you what. Hey, there you are, Jose. Good to see you, bud. Oh, it's your birthday tomorrow. Well, happy birthday, man. I hope the Dodgers lose, but hey, it's fine. Uh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, last year, we went on your uh, around your birthday, right? Well, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Jose. Giants beat the fucking Dodgers. Okay. So happy birthday, Jose. I know we should have. I know we didn't go to a game this year. We should have. But anyways, continuing on. Happy birthday, Jose. All right. Look at this poster. All right. See, this is how you market, folks. This is how you market a movie right here. Oi, look at this. This is how you put a billboard up, a 3D billboard for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Meet and Mayhem. You got the wheels and the trucks coming off the 
fucking skateboard right here. Boop. Yeah. My God. That's the way that you uh, you put a billboard out there. Right there. Right there. And like I said, guys, when it came to SAG-AFTRA, they have granted approval to 39 independent productions to shoot during the strike, including two projects from A24, Mother Mary, starring Anne Hathaway and uh, Michaela Coel, Coel, and Death of a Unicorn, starring Paul Rudd and Jenna Ortega. So it looks like Jenna Ortega has to, had to stop production on Beetlejuice 2, couldn't do anything more with there, but then she can go to this project with Paul Rudd, which we all love Paul Rudd, that's going to be called Death of a Unicorn for A24. So yeah, independent, independent companies, studios, film, let them thrive during this crazy time when it comes to all these strikes and everything. They can actually do this. So we're going to get an influx, influx in independent film. Good. I say good. I say good. Do that. I like that. But this is what Mark Ruffalo was talking about, which I agree with him. But at the same time, it's like, bro, you still got that Marvel contract that you signed and you're making millions of dollars. Stop it. Shh. Again. All right. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Exactly. Obviously, you know, you could see that Miss Nighthawk has a little thing for Paul Rudd. I think he's okay. I mean, it's whatever. It's Paul Rudd. <laughs> whatever. He's no Hugh Jackman. <laughs> I don't know. Obviously, he's not a Hugh Jackman, but he holds his own. Anyways, but I thought this was kind of cool right here. 23 years of uh, Wolverine right here. And what's great about this, the first thing I thought about was I love that Hugh Jackman has stuck with the role that that put him into the spotlight that that we that he's best known for but at the same time he's still even without Wolverine he was still able to have a very great career in acting i mean prestige and les Miserables and swordfish and there's all you know he's still done so much even outside of Wolverine but he keeps on coming back to it which is great i just like that and then, yes, guys, if you uh, are subscribed to the Patreon, I did do a uh, pod that I posted right there. You know, a little half-hour pod of me just ranting and raving about all kinds of things. <laughs> Let's go! Let's go! Is Mr. Soups okay? Is he okay? Because he's part he's part of the SAG-AFTRA, right? He's Because he's been, in, you know, he's part of that. So he can't really do much right now when it comes to seeing press screenings and reviewing stuff and talking about stuff, right? He can't promote things or he can't do much stuff. So he has to resort to doing other things with his video, <laughs> other things with his video, like, uh, you know, talking about the top 10 chairs. Let's see what else, uh, you know, cup ranking. Oh, okay. So cups talking about cups, showcasing his childhood toy collection and then uh, a straw ranking. So he's also ranking straws. That's right. There are some TikTokers and YouTubes out, YouTubers out there. Damn it, the Reds won. Whatever. It's all right. The Giants won the first two. I um, was hoping for a sweep. But anyways. Um, no, but it is kind of funny because there's, like, there's certain like, TikTokers and YouTubes out there that can't really talk about certain things because it goes against the rules of the strike and everything. And I'm like, thank God. I could still talk shit all I want. And I'm talking shit about him. I know. He's a young kid and good for him. He is, you know, he pushed out his brand and everything like that. But at the same time, you know, we, we saw the, uh, the leaked, 
screenshots of messages of him just acting like a pure narcissist and a fucking asshole. You know, we saw those. We saw those, which he apologized for. You know, I put in quotes because it wasn't really that much of an apology. But, you know, we saw the shit that he said. Not to mention, when it came to my, any, any association that I had with him, he hit me up to try to get a, an, early screen, or, uh, an early screener for Zack Snyder's Justice League because, you know, talked to Zack and he was trying to get me, he was trying to get a screener. So I thought, okay, cool, I'll hook you up with the screener. And, you know, of course, got him a screener. And then I said, hey, but, you know, if you want to come on the stream, like the vodka stream, talk, you know, talk shop and everything like that, he ghosted me. So fuck him. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, we got some Batman right here. We got Batflex, some art right here from Dustin Lee Macy right here, which looks pretty cool for the Flash like that. Okay, of course, we'll talk about all that, 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 that. Okay, and then one thing that was actually revealed, Jay Garrick, the Jay Garrick Flash that we saw in the Flash movie, which I was like, yes, which was during, which was in the, uh, the globe that had to do with George Reeves' Superman. And we're kind of wondering, is it, the, is it the Jay Garrick that we saw in the first Jay Garrick that we saw in the Flash TV show that ended up not being actually Jay Garrick? Because we all know that Mr. Ship ended up being... Anyways, when it comes to the Flash, sure. So everybody was thinking it was that actor. Turns out it was not that actor. It was not that actor. It was, it was uh, I forgot what his name was, but I'll, I'll find it in a little bit. But apparently it was actually a VFX artist. Uh, here's a quote right here, and then we all know who DJ is. That is DJ, of course, Mr. Mike Drop DJ at film or at uh, the Full Circle event when it came to the Jeff Johns line. But yeah, it was actually not not, not the actor who played that, that everybody thought it was who actually went. I didn't know I was in the movie. It was actually a whole other dude. It was a whole other dude. It was a VFX artist whose face that was. It wasn't yeah Teddy Sears. It wasn't him. It wasn't him. It was actually a VFX artist who looks like him, which is funny. I just thought that was pretty funny. But yeah, if you're wondering who that Jay Garrick was, it definitely wasn't Teddy Sears. It was a VFX artist. I wish it was DJ that put his face on there. But uh, apparently, according to this quote, uh, this VFX artist, which I can't remember his name right now, <laughs> can't remember his view, but he just like, he said, well, if we're going to uh, have a digital character that large on screen then it would be better to have a real life face just to help with the look of the shot and I so I st <laughs> I stuck my hand up my arm nearly flew off my shoulder to volunteer to have an opportunity to ha have my face stuck on the original flash so I yeah I'm trying to remember who it was sorry I, I wish I knew who it was at the moment but it, we'll, we'll figure it out right here but yeah just pretty awesome right there and uh, according to uh, Variety, studios are losing at least $600,000 per week with the halt of production due to the unwillingness to pay actors and writers fairly. That's right. But hey, guess what? Netflix has removed the, the $10 ad-free basic plan in the U.S. They hope it will push new subscribers to sign up for more lucrative subscription options. You might as well because we don't want to go back to all the cable bundles, do we? Do we really want to do that? I don't know. James Cameron warned us, guys. He warned us in 1984, and he is saying it right now. That's right. 
James Cameron says the weaponization of AI is the biggest danger. I warned you guys in 1984, and you didn't listen. Well, I don't think we all thought that these like cybernetic robots were going to be showing up, James. Let's relax a little bit. I think he's being a little, he's being a little playful. But uh, in this interview right here, he does talk about that. He said, I warned you guys in 1940, you didn't listen. He said, I absolutely share this con their concern when it comes to AI. And he says, I think the weaponization, he says, I think the weaponization... It's right here. The web, uh, I think the weaponization of AI is the biggest danger. I think that we will get into the equivalent of a nuclear arms race with AI. And if we don't build it, the other guys are for sure going to build it. And so then it'll escalate. You can imagine an AI in combat theater, the whole thing just being fought by the computers at a speed humans can no longer intercede. And you have no ability to de-escalate. Can you imagine that? All right, see, this guy is already thinking way too ahead, man. My God, why are you freaking us out, Jimmy Cams? Come on, yeah. But he, you know, he wrote he wrote a movie. He wrote a movie uh, almost 40 years ago that was kind of basically warning us right here. Yeah, so uh, are we ready to be enslaved by AI? I think we kind of are already. We're already headed there, so it's good. And then speaking of Netflix, they've reported that block, uh, that their uh, earnings, uh, when it came to the password sharing crackdown, they've actually gained 5.9 million new subscribers. So, I mean, I guess that's a good thing. So maybe it worked. But I don't think this is going to work. That's right. A live-action animated hybrid Lego movie is in the works. Adam and Eric, Aaron Nee are set to direct. Why do I know those names? I don't know. I'm trying to remember what those names. But this will not continue the uh, Lego Movie franchise. That's right. Remember when the Lego Movie came out and it blew up? It captured everybody's imagination. It was awesome. It was great. And then Lego Batman came out. Didn't make as much of a big splash as they were hoping, even though I love that movie. I love Lego Batman. And then Lego Movie 2 came out and everybody was like, yeah, we're over it. <laughs> Man, the Lego Movie franchise just skyrocketed big time and then it just took a nosedive pretty quickly but i wish i wish that there was a lego batman sequel i love the first lego batman but it's kind of funny because they're way i mean technically the first lego movie was a little bit of a hybrid if you think about it right at the end yeah uh, childhood obesity rates continue to rise in the U.S., affecting nearly one in five kids at, and adolescents. To combat it, experts are calling for early and intensive treatment for some children. They may need weight loss medications. That's right, guys. Let's uh, start popping pills into the kids' weight loss medication instead of cutting off the sugar and all the preservatives and all the bullshit that we're feeding them. Yeah. Let's, let's just pop some pills instead. Get them hooked early. Yeah. Get them dependent on medication as opposed, as opposed to just like, hey, maybe cut down the sugar. Maybe cut down all the fucking bullshit that is being fed to them, the fast food and all that crap. Just saying. Maybe start there first. Start there, get them outside, and maybe that'll help. As opposed to just force-feeding them pills. It's gross, right? Yeah, exactly, RJ. Most of it just makes you gross. Yeah, no. 
it, when it came to the pandemic and I, I screamed about this, even, you know, during this stream, I screamed about this. I was like, you know what? Why aren't they talking about vitamins and exercise and getting outside and a, a good diet plan when it came to combating COVID? Because everybody was talking about how it was affecting more of the obese and more of like, you know, when it came to people that had health issues, it's like, why not promote big time health? But no, let's get these uh, children, let's get these kids on fucking medication. Like what? No, don't do that. I mean, I, I've even gone off too. I'm like, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that I am like, you know, at least I, I got off all that. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I would eat Pop-Tarts. Pop-Tarts was my breakfast or cereal, Cocoa Puffs. Or, oh yeah, we get Cheerios, right? The original Cheerios? Sure, that's gonna be, I guess, kinda healthy for you, but then I would dump a bunch of sugar on top of it. Fruity Pebbles, Lucky Charms, it's all bullshit. But yet, you watch TV and all you see is like cereal and Pop-Tarts, especially if you watch like, you know, anything that Nick, Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network, it's nothing but just sugar, 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 sugar. Ugh. Sorry. Just had to go off on that a little bit. Yeah, I know. I know, Rhea. It's like, it doesn't take that much to just, to, I mean, I get it, though. I mean, it like, uh, you know, when it comes to this country, we just got, so, we got fast food everywhere. We got fast food everywhere. We got everything. All the junk food is just in your face everywhere. And it sucks because when it comes to, like, even just, like, the food addictions that happen, you can't. Like other addictions, you could just give up, whether it's alcohol, gambling, sex or whatever the hell. You could just kind of give it up and just get away from it. Food, you have to still eat food to live. So it's hard to give up that. So that's why food addiction is probably one of the hardest things to just get back, get past, you know. It's it's almost like a lose-lose, but sometimes you just got to find that. You got to just find a good diet plan, man. Yeah, I know. Cereals are gross. They're really gross. I don't even... I, I was never a really a big fan of cereal. My brother was. He would eat two bowls, like, every day. Two bowls every day. It's like, ugh. Anyways. Yeah, your nephew eats McDonald's every day. That's not good. That's not good. Braun Studios, the studio behind Joker and Licorice Pizza, which, of course, you know, you have the Joker that made a billion dollars in Licorice Pizza that really... You know, it made a splash when it came to award season. Everybody was raving about that little indie film. Well, apparently it's filed for bankruptcy. That's right. Braun Studios. I'm sure you've seen, I've seen that logo. That logo was in a lot of movies that I saw because I wasn't, you know, obviously I see a movie every week. So I saw that logo all the time. But apparently they are filing for bankruptcy. That's not good, which is all, I mean, look what's happening right now when it comes to everything. But yeah, Braun Studios, co-financer, you know. And uh, again, man, it kind of makes you wonder too when it comes to the when it comes to the Joker movie. Remember when like they were trying to squash it? They were trying to squash it. Mr. Uh, Mr. Toby Emmerich and uh, Walter Hamada were not even all about the Joker movie, and it ended up making 1.1 billion dollars, or like you know, yeah, it ended up making like uh, over a billion dollars. 
And yeah, but apparently it says, uh, I haven't explored many options for many months. Braun had no choice but to take this step in light of its financial circumstances, said the CEO. The last few years have been incredibly difficult for Braun, and things have only gotten more complicated over these past months. COVID and the many other issues affecting the media industry the last few years, most recently the strikes have made Braun's ability to continue its existing business impossible. So that's just no good. No good. That's what's going on when it comes to this, uh, everything that we're in right now. These small studios are now going to be filing for bankruptcy because the big studios. Oi. Oi, 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 oi sucks because I, I remember I always saw the bronze stu the bronze studio logo I remember seeing it all the time and yeah they co-financed the Joker because well yeah that old regime was like what the Joker what are you talking about all right boop 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 all right we got a new article New article from The Hollywood Reporter talking about Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, which is just sounding like it's going to be a lost movie. Let's face it, folks. I've been talking about this for a bit. I've been talking about how this movie is just like, I mean, talking about a movie that should be canceled, probably this one. But at the same time, there's been so much money that has been pumped into it. There's no way in hell that they will. I get it. Batgirl, the Shouldn't have done that, and I'd still want to see it, and hopefully one day we do see it. But it was a $90 million movie. God knows how much money they pumped into Aquaman. And God knows how much the VFX artists are having to work so much overtime to try to finish this movie. And we're going for, yeah, that's right, guys, a third round of reshoots. Third. That's right. Three rounds of reshoots. That's not good. It's not good at all. Here's our article right here. Warner Brothers quest to build a better Aquaman sequel. Three reshoots, two Batmans. You could just say Batmen. Anyways, and nonstop test screenings. To some insiders, the fact that Warner's that Warner's is willing to keep spending money to make the film better shows that the studio has faith in Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, James Wan's sequel to, to his billion-dollar hit. Aquaman and Lost Kingdom is in uncharted waters, that's right, the water puns, the ocean puns, the fish puns, with the, last, with the next several weeks potentially setting its course for good or for ill. The sequel at Warner Brothers' 2018 DC movie is coming off, uh, coming off a round of reshoots that occurred in New Zealand in mid-June and involves stars including Jason, Jason Momoa and, of course, Patrick uh, Wilson, according to multiple sources. This is uh, the third round of reshoots for the movie, directed by James Wan. That is almost an unprecedented number, even for a movie of this scale. Lost Kingdom has faced several headwinds as it swims toward swims toward a uh, December 20th release date. It was postponed several times. It originally was due to bow in uh, December of 2022. Yeah, we're, this movie is already supposed to be out. So yeah, that's what's so funny, too. The movie was greenlit under the Warner's regime led by former film boss Toby Emmerich and whose lieutenant DC Films head Walter Hamada Kaksaka, as a sequel to Aquaman, which proved to be a surprise hit and stands as the highest 
highest grossing DC movie of all time with uh, one point, well, basically two, or, you know, a little less than two. Principal photography wrapped in January of 2022. That's, that's what's funny. The principal photography of Aquaman 2 ended in January of 2022, a year and a half ago. That's insane. That is absolutely insane. Dead in the water, as I said. Sorry, I didn't mean to put that thing up there again, but it happens. Oi, 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 oi. Just bad. But it's funny, too, because, yeah, I mean, even like further down, they even talk about when it comes to the the test screenings of Aquaman 2. After one round of test screenings, new Warner Brothers, uh, Warner's, Film bosses Michael DeLuca and Pamela Abdi got involved as they were running point on DC until Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav could find a permanent DC boss to replace Hamada. Sources say that in the fall, Abdi took a strong creative stance and got involved in the editing of one cut. However, when that version tested, it scored lower than previous versions. Ouch! He was like, I got this, guys. I got this. And then it tested worse than the previous cut. I mean, DeLuca is a, I don't know. It's all crazy. However, when that version tested, yeah, it was lower. That led to another round of reshoots. Different version of executives uh, notwithstanding, it is unclear that the problems were, but one insider said that the issue of story clarity has been an ongoing concern. Yeah, I mean, apparently the story is going to be talking about, of course, climate change, which can get very political in this day and age, sadly. So you have to have like a good balance when it comes to tackling something that is very much political because you don't want to alienate a side you can't alienate a side no matter which side of the aisle you're on you can't alienate a side because let's face it both sides are gonna like you you want to sell to both sides you have to find that medium like right there and i'm sure it's been tough to find that not to mention if you're gonna have a hero that is just criticizing all the humans for all the 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 pollution and stuff like that it kind of doesn't like why are you saving the humans then I don't know. Maybe that's what the, you know, the translation right there. Hamada wanted Michael Keaton's version of the character to be akin to Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury in the Marvel movies. Talking about Batman, of course. When they were talking about the Michael Keaton being the new DCU Batman, he was going to be more of a Nick Fury type. It wasn't like he was going to always just jump into the costume and fight, but he was going to be that Nick Fury type. And obviously they filmed something about... Bruce showing up, Michael Keaton's Bruce, showing up to Arthur and saying like, hey, there's something that's happening when it comes to the oceans. The oceans are going to end up dying, all that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, talking about all that. And then it said uh, right here, and other statesmen who could pop up in various films, including the now shelved Batgirl, talking about all that. So when uh, right here it says the Lost Kingdom was set to open, blah, 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 the Flash. OK, so in late July 2022, two months after Abdi and DeLuca took over Warner Warners, Ben Affleck joined a round of reshoots as Bruce Wayne to replace the scene Michael Keaton shot. We all know that we saw the, the picture of that, which, yeah, perfectly understandable. It's like, all right, no, we're going to go this direction this time. We're not going to utilize the old man. We're going to utilize this old man, I guess you could say. But uh, but the movie was moved again 
This time to After the Flash, putting Affleck's appearance in question. The latest cut of the film features neither version of The Dark Knight. According to sources, a new D- in, as new DC heads, James Gunn and Peter Saffron do not want to promise a movie universe that will not come to fruition, nor tie it down excessively to past failures. It was pretty chaotic, said one source. Can you imagine that? So, yeah, they're also talking about how, like, James, and I know a lot of people are like, you know, screw it, how dare you, James Gunn? It's like, well, what do you want to do? It's like, yeah, we're going to be talking about the the Flash, the Flash ending that all of a sudden everybody is just like, you know, wanna, even though we knew about this, this Batfleck ending that was in the Flash for a long time, we've known about it, but it's like, yeah, of course, if that, that's not continuing, of course they're going to be like, nope, just cut it, cut it, cut it. We're doing a whole different thing. Which, yeah, it's just such a, oh, man, it's just such a mess. This movie, this movie is just, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with this movie. You got the Amber Heard thing. God knows how much Amber Heard's in it. I mean, from what we know, she's not in it that much. So this movie's just plagued. It is. And when it comes to James Wan, I feel sorry for him because I really love James Wan. He's one of my probably top 10 directors. I just can't wait for him to just make another horror movie that's going to blow my mind. Like uh, uh, Malignant, that was a great movie. That movie was just so ridiculous and so campy, and and it had a cool little twist to it. And I just want him to make those movies. I'm sure, you know, and I've told you guys from what I heard, I don't even know if he's actually been, been a part of these reshoots. Of course, they mentioned his name and mentioned that, yeah, he's a part of this. But who knows if he is? Who knows? We don't know that. There's no set things. He hasn't posted anything. I don't think James Wan has posted anything when it comes to these reshoots. Yeah. <sighs> Amber will probably be the best part of the movie, and that's the team. <laughs> She's going to be the best of the movie. I mean, I, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, Momoa and Wilson's relationship you know, the whole brotherly relationship, buddy-buddy cop kind of movies. Well, hopefully that's going to be the best part of the relationship right there. WBU has been screwing over directors. First it was David F. Sandberg and now James Wan and countless other directors. Yeah, they keep on trying to change shit and they just don't know what to do. They're all freaking out and that's just the way it is. But, I mean, <laughs> let's face it though, when it, when it comes to James Gunn doing his thing, they won't be doing that, which is a good thing. I guess. But yeah, they've been yeah, they've been screwing over some of these directors. Definitely have. Same people crying about the original ending to The Flash wasn't going to see. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the funny thing about all this. When it comes to uh, when it comes to like these changed ending. I've had I've been I've had some debates with people. Where they're like so upset about this, but then at the same time, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute here. When we found out that Henry Cavill was coming back and he was going to be showing up at the end of Black Adam, but there was going to be a hint of a John Williams score, the loud people in the Snyder fandom were shitting all over it and criticizing it and didn't want anything to do with it. When it came to anything that was happening with this universe going forward, whether it was Ben Affleck coming back in Aquaman 2 or 
having the cliffhanger ending with Batfleck, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, and having Cavill and Godot and, and everyone in the Flash movie. They criticized the shit out of it because they didn't want it. Now, all of a sudden, people are, like, wanting all of that. And it's kind of funny because I'm like, all right, you need to pick whose who's ending you wanted because we have to remember that the ending that it was leading to, to a crisis event that was going to be happening in this DCEU, I guess, was Walter Hamada. I thought we didn't want that. I thought we didn't want the Walter Hamada ideas. But now all of a sudden we want those ideas? Because what, we hate James Gunn so much? Is that what's going on? So we're going to forget what Walter Hamada did now because we hate James Gunn and we don't like that James Gunn's just going to do his own thing? So now it's like, oh yeah, we got to go back to, no, no. What, what originally was supposed to be there. To be honest, the, the, the best alternative was going to be like what Dwayne Johnson wanted. I, that's, what I, that's what I was thinking about with all this craziness. I was thinking like what J- Dwayne Johnson wanted, I would actually prefer more than what Walter Hamada wanted because it seemed like when it came to wanting to lead into a crisis event, it just didn't think, I would, think it was like thought out. So I'm not defending that cacksecker's idea, but Dwayne Johnson was like, okay, well, what if we do this right here where obviously we established Black Adam already and then maybe continue on and then there's going to be like a Justice League versus Black Adam and then there was even like a Suicide Squad element that was rumored. We don't know if that was confirmed or anything like that, but imagine I actually was... I was actually okay with that. I was actually okay with that. But then when James Gunn came in, I don't... I don't blame him for just being like, nah, we're just going to start over. We're just going to start over. I don't blame him for that. It's like, no, we're not going to do that idea or that idea or that idea or that idea or that idea. Let's just go. Let's just do a completely different thing. But, you know, Hamada was cooking. See, we got Jose right there. Yeek. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's like I, I, I can for the life of me defend that man i can't i can't you know i you know especially when you hear when you hear when you hear from certain people about how much that person is a piece of shit so i can't for the life of me get back up things that that guy was doing sure i still see the movies that his that his name's attached to yeah i know whatever but when it came to the idea that he had to make like this crisis event, I'm like, okay, I see where your head's at, but are you gonna be? Able, is that gonna be able to get executed? And no, I don't think it was. I think it was poorly thought out, to be honest. I think it was very poorly thought out. <laughs> they didn't want Cavill back. They wanted. They want Snyder back, and I don't think they even want that either. But you know, but yeah, there you go, guys. There you go. But now we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about some behind the scenes. I'm not going to show the video, but we're going to talk about, you know, a certain Batman when it comes to all this madness and the different endings and whatever the hell. The Batfleck ending of the Flash. I'm sure you guys have seen these behind the scenes images, which are great. First off, we got him on the bike. That's right. That's Benny boy right there. So when it comes to Ben Affleck and his scenes in The Flash, 
he was in the studio and he just got on this thing right here and filmed close-ups in front of a green screen. But when it came to, of course, the anything outside, that was all stunt, 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 which is perfectly fine. But there he is right there looking awesome. I, I mean, the cow looks good. I like the cow. It's like the it's like, you know, more of the uh, the Justice League cow. So there he is right there without the cowl on, which is cool. There's a side view right there. Look at that glorious chin that side profile that Mr. Ben Affleck has. It's so great. So we got all that, and then we got Muschietti directing him right there, which is cool. But then this is what everybody was talking about right here. Darth Vader. Dun, 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 dun. What the hell's going on with that costume? That's a little different. I mean, the cape looks Vader-esque for sure. But yeah, this is a black cape. A more darker, a darker like armor and a silver bat logo on his chest. Interesting. So they were going for a different costume when it came to this scene. And, and of course, if you don't know what the scene was, I mean, we've talked about it before. We know about this scene, even though that people are acting like this is something new. But it was going to be a scene where yeah, at the end in Barry's apartment, his monitors were going to start going crazy and then Bruce was going to be contacting him because he's lost in the multiverse because originally it was going to be Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne that was going to be at the end. He was still going to be in Barry's world. So Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne was going to be lost in the multiverse and he was basically going to be contacting him saying like, hey, what did you do, Barry? Come find us kind of thing. So apparently he was going to be sitting at something right here, sitting here like this in a different kind of costume, which I, to be honest, looks pretty cool. I like the silver bat. How are we feeling about the silver bat? I like the silver bat. I think the silver bat looks kind of cool with the black cape. Different kind of costume. So they made two versions, versions of the costume right there. And there's another shot right there. But what's funny about this, too, and what's funny about anything that we see Ben Affleck in, I will say that you realize that one of the reasons why that he signed back on to do the role again was he was going to look over the scenes that he was in and he was actually going to put his input and maybe even rewrite some scenes. And I'm sure it was going to one of the scenes was going to be this, of course, post credit scene that we're going to see that we were going to see. But when people were actually, you know, of course, hate. I mean, I'm not a big fan of it either. When it came to the Flash, the whole like lasso of truth scene on the bridge with Wonder Woman and with Flash, you know, it, I, I, I don't really care for it. But there's a chance that Ben Affleck actually probably put his input into that scene. Any scene that Ben Affleck was in, he put his input in. That was one of the stipulations of him actually signing on to do the, the role again. So if anybody wants to get angry at Muschietti or Warner Brothers or stuff like that, Ben Affleck approved all that and probably even wrote some of that dialogue. I'm just saying, guys. I know we all we don't want to think that because how dare Ben Affleck write the cheesy dialogue or smile or smirk or whatever the hell. But Ben Affleck had his input on all of that and then said how much of a good time. I don't know. Anyways, it's just kind of funny. You know me. But uh, yeah, those scenes, those uh, those shots are pretty cool. But. Again, it wasn't going to lead anywhere, so why even put it in there? I hope that we could see it eventually. I mean, they released this featurette that showed that they shot something with this different costume and, and this post-credit. 
So maybe we'll see it one of these days. I don't know. But then also be on the lookout, guys. There's some bullshit out there. Somebody sent me an article from Cosmic Book Resources or Cosmic Book News, whatever the hell it is. Cosmic Book. You guys know that this is like a big bullshit website, right? I even like uh, went back and forth with uh, the creator of it, Matt something, McClone, something like that. Blocked me on both accounts a while ago because I called out his bullshit. I mean, it's a clickbait website. They take advantage of fandom. And um, there's an article that they said like, oh, yeah, what Pamela Abdi and DeLuca wanted was they were going to have... I mean, obviously, some of it was true. They were going to have a Man of Steel 2. Of course, that's what they wanted. But in that article, it even said that, oh, yeah, but they were going to have, you know, multiple things with Ben Affleck, starting with Batman versus Deathstroke. And I'm just kind of going like, that got thrown out a while ago. Can we actually listen to the actors that we supposedly like? Because don't we remember when Ben Affleck said it in, a, in an interview when he gave the script for his Batman to a close personal friend and that friend said if you make this it will kill you can we can we can we take that in i know we're all spoiled brats and we want we want our freaking comic book movies the way that we want them but can we actually listen to these actors okay that wasn't gonna happen batman versus deathstroke no it's not gonna happen then of course saying like oh yeah and then snyder was gonna come back and then finish justice league two and three it's like again i don't that wasn't going to be a thing either, at least right now. Yeah. So, yeah, be wary of bullshit out there. I mean, that, yeah. I mean, that's why I say, you know, I put out my middle finger to Cosmic Book News. They, they absolutely freaking suck. They suck so much. So, fuck them. But, uh, yeah, again, the thing I worry about and the thing that I'm actually seeing is, I mean, I get it. You didn't have to like the ending of The Flash with the whole George Clooney cameo. I looked at it as, okay, that's a good gag. There weren't going to be continuing things that they originally thought. Thought it was a good gag. I laughed both times in both theaters. Laughed. Sure. Do you have to love it? No. I just take it as a gag. Don't take it seriously. But then I'm, I'm just saying, like, when it came to the continuation... This was all Walter Hermana's idea. And I'm seeing people like the loud side of the fan and the, the guys that don't like me. They're, they're like backing this up. It's like, okay, so now you wanted what Walter Hermata wanted? I mean, I thought we were supposed to hate this guy, but he, you hate James Gunn so much, you're just going to ignore? You're going to just like, oh, yeah, we're, we're past the, what Walter Hermata was doing. Now we're all about what he was trying to do. It's like, no, that's not a good look. It's just not a good look. This is why I'm like, yeah, James Gunn, just do your thing because everything has just been such a mess, such a mess prior. My issue is that it's such an obvious reshoot. It's jarring. The hair is also is always the. Always the damn hair. You talk about Ben Affleck's hair. That, 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 that hair piece that he wears is fucking awesome. What are you talking about? It's flowing. It's like that. It's like that shot in uh, BVS. A shot in BVS where Superman like rips off the uh, the cow when he's like hanging up right there, and he just like flips his hair back. Yeah, that 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 uh, Bruce Wayne Ben Affleck hair is something that's just like, whew, it's flowy. It's flowy. I remember like there was like a rumor a long time ago that. There was problems on the BVS set because one and one of the problems being that Ben Affleck's like wig, 
was not fitting properly. It's not fitting properly. No, the Ezra at the end with uh, with Clooney. Oh, you're talking about... Okay. I'm about to say, I'm like, yeah, don't make fun of the uh, salt and pepper hairdo that uh, Mr. Batfleck is ro- rocking. It's good shit. It's good shit right there. And homie, she's what? I'm never gonna... Yeah, that was a scene. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's yeah, a still Superman film. You just have, you just never read comics and understand. Oh, okay. So we got some people arguing in there. What's going on, Mr. Tony? Tony, Bell and Jerry. He was also knocking down things with his Batwing. <laughs> Hopefully, Superman Legacy can be to DC what I. Yeah, I mean that's what we can only hope. I mean that's why I'm just like, all right, move on. I mean, am I fully confident, in James Gunn? No, I'm not. I'm not fully confident, but. I can understand why it's like, no, we're not continuing what they've been trying to continue for a while. It was just all a mess. And remember, and we got to remember that when people are saying, they, look what they took from us. I'm like, that was Walter Hamada. <laughs> it's Walter Hamada. Remember, that was Walter Hamada. Like, no matter what, the only thing, like, before he, if he didn't do what he did or, like, come on and do whatever the fuck he did, we, we could have had, like, a, a different Flash movie that did have Ray Fisher in it and Cyborg in it. And then we would have had a completely different ending as well. I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Sorry, I'm not going to sing that song. I wasn't going to go crazy with it. But it's time to look at the reviews and the box office projections. It's Barbenheimer weekend, guys. And like I said, I'm seeing Oppenheimer first because I'm more... It's the movie I'm more excited for. Seeing it tomorrow, and then I'll, I don't know when I'll see Barbie. I'll probably see Barbie on Friday. That's what I'm guessing. I'll probably see it Friday, like, during the day or something like that. Just go catch it. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's it's an hour less than Oppenheimer, so it'll be easier to do that. But yeah, let's look at some reviews from for Barbie. Eighty-nine percent certified fresh, one hundred sixty-seven reviews. Barbie is a visually dazzling comedy whose meta humor is smartly uh, complemented by sub subversive storytelling so a lot of people have been talking about this like obviously you don't have to take it seriously but a lot of people were like okay well look at this it's good so a lot of people are liking it so let's start off right first with a top critic from the boston globe barbie is also absolutely bonkers and i was 100 percent on board with wherever it took me i sat in the theater beaming with a grin not even a bright pink bazooka could wipe off my face wow four out of four and we got salon, uh, salon, uh, salon, salon.com. There, I couldn't say that right. Jesus. Gerwig's film is good enough, but in a perfect Barbie world, it would have been better and made Ken a sidekick, not a co-star. Okay, interesting. Somehow, director Greta Gerwig has struck a balance between unhinged whimsy, deep humanity, and comedic bliss. There's an enjoyable movie buried under all that hype, especially for those receptive to unwrapping the neatly packaged real-world themes while watching Barbie strut her stuff. 
It would be easy to lean into the camp aspects of the role, but Robbie takes on Barbie with a wide-eyed earnestness. Interesting. What gives me hope was the response of the preview screening audience with whom I saw Barbie, mostly women, mostly young, who laughed with a sense of a release that had a giddy, liberating edge to it. All right, and then we have our first, our first film festival for today. We got Mr. Christopher Reed right here. The cast is game, but the script is lame. That doggerel about that doggerel about sums it up. So there's your bad review right there. Other than that, mainly positive. Barbie lives up to its full potential. Wow, Brandon Lloyd. Wow. Wow. <laughs> potential. All right. Well, there's something new right there. That's uh that's a good little play on words, I guess. So Hoy, okay. Let's see what we got here. All right. So when it comes to box office projections right here, it says, uh, I'm looking at screen right here per deadline. It says new box office projections put Barbie at anywhere between 90 million and 125 million when it comes to, I guess, domestic opening weekend. And then, of course, we'll talk about Oppenheimer in a little bit. Uh, the first worldwide projections are also released with Barbie bringing in 165 million dollars. So 165 million worldwide. There's potential for, and apparently Margot Robbie even said, like when it came to her pitch, when it came to this, or at least trying to get it approved. But I know that Amy Schumer was attached to it first, which is kind of weird. But I remember reading this quote right here where, like, she said it has potential to reach a billion dollars. It very much does. Will it? Who knows? It'd be pretty crazy if it does. I wouldn't be surprised. Would not shock me if it does. It's not going to be a bomb. We're not going to get a floppy flop when it comes to this. But I am. It is going to be pretty curious to see where it actually ends up landing, especially after it gets word of mouth. I mean, that's the thing is word of mouth is always a thing. And when people are talking about the meta and not taking it too seriously, while also having some themes that have to do with the real world, and hopefully it's not going to be too preachy or too, you know, dare I say woke, woke, it's too woke. I'm sure there's going to be, of course, that section of YouTube that pretty much hates everything and says everything's woke. They're going to have, of course, their videos and their thumbnails talking about how woke Barbie is. Maybe they won't. Maybe it'll be surprised. Like I said, you got to kind of like balance it out. Don't get too preachy. Don't get too whatever the hell, you know, but you know how it is. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens where it lands, I guess you could say, when it comes to box office. Now let's get to Oppenheimer. Hop, 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 Oppenheimer. Let's see where these reviews are sitting at because it's obviously being reviewed like crazy and being reviewed very well. Both of them doing well. It's doing better than Barbie. It's doing currently better than Barbie. It doesn't have as many reviews, but it's uh, pretty close. Sits at a 92%, 142 reviews right here. Oppenheimer marks another engrossing achievement from Christopher Nolan that benefits from Murphy's true to force performance and stunning visuals. Yeah, I've heard nothing, but uh, the cinematography is just excellent, excellent, excellent. Oh, we're going to start off by uh, Mr. Henderson, who gave a positive review for Barbie, did not give a positive review for Oppenheimer. What I could say for sure is that Oppenheimer far too often feels like a three-hour Wikipedia entry than a compelling movie. Ouch. But then we got some positive reviews right here, though they may seem... 
uh, disparate uh, that many elements of that many elements of, of, of Oppenheimer refract and reflect each other like a bunch of atoms creating a chain reaction for a group of scientists building off each other's ideas to forge something new. Either despite its intense craft or because of it, Oppenheimer works, says Stephanie from Time. For all we learn about the creation and execution of the atomic bomb and its aftermath, the story could and should be told in a more digestible form. Instead, we have an overlong narrative that isn't uh, revelatory or surprising. So Leonard Maltin said, yeah, it's good, but it could have been told better. Interesting. Uh, elevated by Killian Murphy's exacting performance, Nolan's biopic on the father of the atomic bomb is majestic and morally complex. This is a dense, this is, this is dense material that's thoroughly engrossing and by its end shattering. Here's another bad review right here. It's laughable to suggest Oppenheimer and Strauss's moral crimes are comparable, but Nolan goes further than that, emphasizing the latter's Chicanery, uh, chicanery, sorry, in highlighter pen while the protagonist receives a soft glows of nuance. And then we got another right here. It postures, it postures intelligence precisely, but in the end has little to say. And then uh, let's do this last good review right here from Screen Hub. A remarkable film despite its foibles, uh, foibles. Like those neutrons, protons, and electrons manhandled by inhumanity, what is not here is as important as what is. Perhaps there's no wrangling with this moment. Nolan is not God any more than Oppenheimer was. Hmm. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. And when it comes to box office projections, Christopher Nolan... Let's see right here. It says the first, obviously talking about Barbie and Oppenheimer, the box office projections. Uh, yeah, it says that Christopher Nolan's atomic bomb drama at 80 million to 40 million. So first they were thinking 80 million, but now they're thinking 40 million domestic. And Oppenheimer making an even 100 million worldwide. So I know there was people, I saw people that thought that Oppenheimer was like, oh yeah, Barbie who? There's no way. People are going to go flock to see Oppenheimer. It's like, no. It's a complete opposite movie from Barbie. Barbie can be like, you know, family friendly. It's a two hour long movie. This is a three hour R-rated movie that apparently has an extended sex scene, which is going to be interesting to see. And apparently a lot of people are saying that it comes out like a horror flick and it's kind of devastating. So, but yeah, so we're looking at a pretty good box office weekend. I mean, I don't think anybody expects Oppenheimer to just like go crazy. Now, in the long run, it might. Word of mouth. You got to see this movie. You got to see this movie. I think it's going to have good word of mouth. And not to mention, when it comes to award season, Oppenheimer is going to be talked about. So it could get a little bump later on when it comes to that. Who knows how long it's going to be in the theaters? Probably not too long. But they might re-release it in theaters, as they do when it comes to these movies that get nominated for so many awards. Barbie... Most likely not going to get, not, it's going to get nominated for a fucking Kids' Choice Award. MTV Movie Award, sure. But Oppenheimer, you know, maybe it's going to finally be Christopher Nolan's Oscar win? Maybe? Who knows? I can't wait to see it, but 
There you go. That's what's happening. Have a scoop. James Gunn is going to be the villain in Superman Legacy. Nice. Floppenheimer. Wow. Jose. You know, haven't seen you in the chat in a little bit, and you're just coming in and just saying that. Oppenheimer may not make the money, but it will redeem itself. Yeah, I know. Exactly. That's what's going to be the case. Barbillion. Barbillion is real. I like that. Barbillion. I'm sure people would have preferred that Barbie had the extended sex scene, but yeah. I think we all agree with that, with all the pretty people that are in there. Sadly, the nudity we're going to see, well, I mean, it's still going to be Florence Pew, 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 and, you know, Killian Murphy's a good-looking chap. I don't know if there's, <laughs> we might see the full frontal. I think we've already seen, if you watch 28 Days Later, you've already seen, you've already seen uh, Killian Murphy naked. <laughs> He's already been very naked before, so, oops. All right. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting weekend for sure. I'm going to see both. Like I said, I'm going to try to catch a, a screening of Barbie on Friday, so I'll get that in beforehand. All right, let's go to some uh, questions, some Twitter questions, and then uh, we'll go to the members-only stream after this, as we do uh every wednesday so if you want to be a part of it pick my brain a little bit then go right ahead and become a member it's only two dollars a month i think two dollars is it two dollars whatever you know every little bit helps guys you know every little bit helps all right here we go uh we got sam right here yikes exclusive famed composer danny elfman agreed to pay over $800,000 to settle a sexual harassment allegation five years ago? Ah! Oh, my God. He is a creep. Who would have thunk it? Danny Elfman. Ah! Boingle, boingle, he went. Oh, shit. That's no good. <laughs> oh, man. That is no good right there. I got to read this. Gotta read this. Danny Elfman said, oh, wow. Composer Nomi Abadi sued the Emmy-winning musician for breach of contract over misconduct allegation he calls vicious and woolly and woolly uh, false. J July 31st, 2018, Danny Elfman, one of the most prolific and celebrated film and TV television composers of all time, entered into a settlement and non-disclosure agreement with a former friend and fellow composer. The agreement, previously unreported, came after she'd accused him of multiple instances of sexual harassment. Now, the woman is suing Elfman, according to new court documents obtained by Rolling Stone, alleging, alleging that Elfman has failed to fully pay the agreed-upon 830000 when they both signed the settlement agreement five years ago. The filing itself, a breach of contract suit filed in Los Angeles Superior Court on Wednesday, states only that Elfman and Nomi Abadi, a 35-year-old musician and composer who met the 70-year-old, I can't believe he's 70-year-old, 
agreed to resolve an underlying, uh, underlying dispute which included terms that Elfman would make payments in four different categories in various installments over the course of five years, totaling 830k. Elfman fa failed to pay two for 4, 42,500 installments in July of 2019 and 2021. Ouch. Jeez. Well, that's not good. <laughs> God damn. Danny Elfman. And the fact that it was undisclosed and he was paying this, I guess that shows guilt. I mean, there's one thing where you kind of go like, no, that's BS. Where's your evidence? Let's go to court, present the evidence and see what happens. But he was agreed to pay. Now, one can say that maybe he agreed to pay because, all right, this is not going away, especially in this society. But it is kind of weird. I mean, he seems like a, uh, I don't know. He seems like a bit of a weirdo. Anyways, he never paid. Is anyone going to actually listen to what's being said? I know. Yeesh. That's why Hans Zimmer's the man, right? <laughs> That's pretty crazy. How quick are they going to can him? I know. Yeah, he's supposed to be doing Beetlejuice too. That's no good. Oh, boy. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, man. If there was a non-disclosure, it was a violation once it skipped payment. Yeah. Ew. Not too good. Not too shabby right there. RJ, what do you think about this? We're getting more details at uh, Comic-Con this weekend, I believe. Oh, yeah, I saw something about this earlier. It's basically uh, Godzilla and Kong will face off against the Justice League in a new comic book. I, hey, I'm all about it. I, I, I when, the, when it was um, Justice League versus the Power Rangers, I collected those. I fucking read that run. I like these crazy crossovers. I'm down for this. Heroes... And monsters collide in the crossover event of the year. That's right. The cataclysmic crossover event of the year is here for the DC Universe. And, of course, they're talking about clashing the Monsterverse and Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong. Clark Kent is enjoying a night off with a very important dinner planned with his girlfriend, I guess. Still girlfriend Lois Lane and the entire city shutters and blah, 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 blah. Can't see the whole descriptive thing right there but that's pretty sweet you got flash and green lantern right there too of course batman will probably be in there somewhere oh is he actually proposing to her and the whole thing goes to shit clark kent can't can't catch a break he's down on one knee right here it looks like he's about to propose to Lois, and then a big, huge fucking lizard comes out of the ocean and goes, Hey, Metropolis, what's up? Well, that sucks. Now nah, I'm looking for that. That that sounds cool. Definitely sounds cool. Eric, hey, Dave, here's an idea. How much of the problems with Flash and Aquaman 2 stem from the studio obsession with the MCU everything must be connected attitude? Uh, we've been talk we've been saying that since 2015. <laughs> Every movie leading to the next cue constant meddling on both films to fit the current direction. Such a mess. Yeah, but some people actually still wanted that mess. That's why I'm like, James Gunn, do your thing. Do something completely different. Don't try to try to fix the mess. Just do something different. Start over from scratch. And that's what he's doing. That's why I don't blame him. <laughs> 
you know, all the, even, even the stuff that we didn't get to see in the flash, you know, when it came to the other characters and we're not going to get the Batfleck Aquaman scene either. I'm okay with it because it's like, yeah, I don't even know where, what, what the fuck? It's not going to lead to anything. It's not going to do anything, whatever. Andrea. Hi, Dave. WB really knows how to spend money. Yes, they do. Well, all the studios, they know how to spend money and it's not just, not just one. Wow. Wow. I'm probably going to watch gun stuff, but with all this money, with all this money issues and strikes and aliens coming is very uncertain. What's going to happen to his universe aliens coming. <laughs> I, I love how you added that in there because obviously, you know, there's the, we fail to remember that. Yes, there's been numerous reports of UFOs and all this kind of stuff. I mean, we got AI and aliens guys. Do we really stand a chance? Do we really stand a chance? We got AI that's going to be taking over everything. And then we got aliens that are being spotted in the sky like crazy, or at least UFOs. Do we really stand a chance? <laughs> Good God. We're, we're starting to live out into like a sci-fi movie here, guys. My God. Ryan, what are your thoughts on Depp potential returning to pirates? I think it's definitely possible. Oh, I saw this T. I thought you might like... That's funny. That's, uh, yeah, Agent Johnson, Special Agent Johnson. Yeah, <laughs> helicopter tours. That's funny. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up doing that. You never know. You never know. Mr. Watson, I could have uh, could have told Gunn about putting a song called Waiting for Superman for Superman Legacy in the ending because the music was dope as heck. All right. I'll throw that out there. Jacob. Yo, Dave, got plans for Barbie tomorrow, Oppenheimer on Sunday. You're seeing Barbie first, Jacob? Pfft. All right. Don't give me shit about cinema anymore. Going off these picks, my theory for recent uh, box office bombs is the general audience is tired of connected universes or waiting after the credits to see what's teased. I think non-popular known IP is what's needed now. Studios are chasing MCU money, which they have been for the past decade, but make the huge event film instead of a some, of something authentic. Even the MCU is too focused on the big team-ups instead of quality of a quality project. I think Barbenheimer will succeed because they're not promising or setting up connected universes. Yeah, I think that that is definitely a part of it. The connected universes. That's why James Gunn, when it comes to his new DCU, it's like don't don't go too crazy with it, but make it flow, make it feel natural. When you're trying to set up too much, you know, it's like eh. It's just a little too much. There is only one way that can save Aquaman 2. Casual Batman revealing himself to be the main bad guy all along. Yeah, could be that. Could be that. Mr. Nobody. Hey, Dave, I know there's a lot of concern about Superman Legacy being overcrowded with too many superhero characters, which makes it feel less like a Superman standalone film and more like a Justice League light but if you go back to the DC animated films, Justice League, The Flashpoint Paradox, and Justice League War reset the animated films, and in both cases used multiple superheroes, and yes, the animated films did have its ups and downs, but it started, it started on a very high note and got fans really excited, so I'm not too worried about Superman Legacy as long as it's handled properly. The characters must serve the story, not the other way around. Question, if you were a 
superhero character superhero character what would be your power i don't know i th- I, th- I think invisibility would be a fun one to be honest i think invisibility would be the fun one totally totally would be the fun one everybody always like fly or whatever the hell i'm like nah invisibility would be kind of fun you know hear people talk shit about you without them knowing all right, before we end it here, I'm actually going to talk about a couple of things, too, that I wanted to talk about. Um, I saw something the other day, I think it was on Sunday, that talked about Disney selling to Apple. There was that whole thing, and a lot of people are still suspecting that Disney might sell to Apple. Now, I didn't really look into it too much. I just kind of go by the information that I have when it comes to these companies selling off stuff. I mean, we're going to see more of that. Yes, there's going to be selling off IP. Of course, this is going to rile up some of the, uh, the people in the, uh, the sell, the Snyder versus the Netflix thing, which again, a poorly thought out campaign. And I'll always stand with that. But I mean, even WBD might be selling some stuff too. The, the thing is, it's like these companies aren't going to get fully bought, bought up by other companies because there's so much debt, especially with WBD. There's so much debt. Why would you want to, why would you want to get that debt? I mean, Zaslav and Discovery, they, you know, they bought up Warner Brothers from AT&T and they just bought up debt that Zazzy Pants can't seem to fully get rid of. And who knows when the hell they'll be able to pay off all that debt. But there's debt in Disney. There's de- there's debt all around. But it's kind of funny because I think I've even mentioned it before that Microsoft might be getting into the game of trying to swallow up some of this these uh, IPs, these big IPs, and it would be kind of interesting if all of a sudden we have Apple and Microsoft now giving us content that has to do that was once once like fully owned by Disney and fully owned by Warner Brothers. That would be very interesting, but that was just something I saw. I'm not going to, like I said, I'm taking everything with a grain of salt, just kind of seeing what, what's all happening when it comes to all that, but yeesh. But yeah, it's all pretty fucking crazy. Can you just imagine, like, two, like, computer conglomerates? <laughs> I end up buying up some shit. That'd be just absolutely crazy if that was actually the case. Another thing I wanted to talk about because, oh, my God, how dare they? Jokes, guys. Jokes. Jokes are okay, right? How many times have there been Snyder Cut jokes? There's been numerous times. Harley Quinn show. I think it's been on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I think they had a Snyder Cut joke. The Bear, season one, had a Snyder Cut jab. There's been Snyder Cut stuff, Snyder Cut Phantom. Oh, the Snyder Phantom, it's all been there. And apparently when it comes to Barbie, yes, there is a Snyder Phantom, Snyder Cut joke that is going to be within the movie. And Miss Gerwick actually was asked about it, and I... Meant to bring this up on Monday, but I didn't, so I wanted to bring it up today because I was like, all right, let's let's kind of talk about this a little bit because if anybody is offended or is like going to get offended by whatever joke they have, you, you just need to, again, how many times do I have to refer back to that Ben Affleck, Jay and Silent Bob clip? But here it is right here. 
This is what she was asked. There's a bit of a provocative statement that's been made in this movie where you kind of poke fun or make jest at a particular fandom online. Oh. Um, oh. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to spoil yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but have you kind of prepared for the impact that that will have? No. No. <laughs> not at all. Are you scared? No. Yes. Well, but did it? Why I would don't you know? be scared? Right. Yes. That's Do you true. get a free pass because Margot's in the DCEU? Yeah, we sure will take that free pass. We got it. <laughs> Do you get a free pass? Come on. <laughs> it's, the, it's a bunch of fucking morons beating their keyboards with greasy fingers and that have Cheetos cheese on them, too. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Don't be offended by it. And I think most people aren't. But, of course, the louder ones are going to, like, say some shit. Of course, whatever the hell. It's fine, but I mean, yes, the way I look at it, see, I'm like more of the glasses half full kind of approach more. I'm more like, hey, you, you realize that release the Snyder Cut is now pop culture, is a pop culture thing. It's going to be referred to in pop culture. Barbie is a pop culture movie. It's going to make numerous pop culture references, sure. But I had people that were like, that were really saying like, I'm keeping my guard up, saying stuff like that in my mentions and saying like, oh yeah, long as they don't talk, talk to us like we're fascists. I'm like, what? What words are you using? Putting my guard up? Fascist? It's a joke. Joke. Don't get offended by it. You know who's going to laugh at it? Zack Snyder. He's going to laugh at that joke. Do we all remember when he showed us that Zack Snyder's Justice League was going to be coming to HBO Max and we saw his screen at one point and there was a bunch of Barbie movies on there because he has kids? You better believe he's going to be seeing this movie and he's going to laugh at that joke, probably. Even if it's a jab to the Phantom, because guess what? If you're if you're offended by the joke, that's the reason why they're joking in your at your disposal, because you get offended and then you dogpile and then you rant and rave and blah blah blah. Don't take it so seriously. Just don't take it so seriously. Do not it take it seriously. That's all I ask. Just don't take it seriously. And then lastly, uh, Secret Invasion, episode five. Um, I just going to give a quick review. Um, this episode was, you know, obviously from what happened last episode, it was kind of like, so is he really, it was like one of those things where like, you know, because I said like a lot of people get shot in here. I'm like, eh, so when it comes to this episode, I mean, obviously it's, le it, it, it's very much a setup for the, the finale that's apparently next week, which I'm like crazy. That's right. The $212 million budget secret invasion is coming to an end next week but i don't know if it's going to be a season finale or they're going to do a season two who knows but i'm curious to see where it ends up because i mean obviously when it comes to road mr roadie i think we all knew that it wasn't really him come on it was like it was kind of obvious but still enjoying the series series you know looking forward to seeing what happens in the the, the season finale or the finale series finale who knows is nick fury going to end up being killed who knows but it has been interesting, some some curveballs when it comes to that, when it, when it comes to that series. But anyways, guys, all right, let's go ahead and wrap this stream up. And of course, we'll do the members only stream right after this. So if you want to be part of that, become a member and you could 
talk to me a little bit more, pick my brain a little bit more, and support the channel. That's what it's all about, guys. All right. Make sure you smash that like, thumbs up, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell as well. Do all that. And uh, follow me on all the sock mids that are around me. Um, of course, the vodka stream is going to be happening on Friday. I have to still confirm whether I was going to have a guest. And the guest was a pretty good guest. A pretty good get. So hopefully that is still going to be happening. So we'll see. But maybe it just might be another panel stream or whatever the hell. But yeah, look forward to my Oppenheimer first reaction tomorrow. And then hopefully uh, Friday before the vodka stream, I'll be able to see Barbie and give you my reaction to that as well. All right, members, I'll see you guys in a little bit. Everybody else, I'll see you on Friday. Talk to you later.